0: Food is one of the areas of the human experience that can be utilised to expand a fantasy world and all at once make it more mysterious and relatable. And with so many worlds that make up the multiverse, the endless variety of meals and cuisine would surely make for a unique menu. Welcome to Magic the Flavouring, the Magic the Gathering podcast, where we talk about all things magic, flavour design and lore. I'm your host, Andy Mann. Hello, this is Nathan Cancel. And today, what are we talking about? What are we talking about, Nathan? Are we talking about the Strixhaven release? The Strixhaven oh, cards? Oh, right,
1: yeah. Um, oh, or are we talking about um, the Warhammer, uh, the Warhammer ex- uh, expansion? the Lord of the get? Rings?
0: We could be talking um, about Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah, we could be talking about that. Are, are we, are we, I are mean, to be fair, there is some positivity out of this. We could be even talking about the massive trans movement that Solarian Academy did, which out of all of this last week is a shiny positivity in in all of the other
0: things. But no, we're not, we're not being relevant. We're not talking about that. Are we talking about uh, the Wizards restructuring or the Wizards yeah. rebranding in Hasbro? Are Who's we talking Hasbro? about time spiral, time spiral Remastered? We could be talking oh, shit, about that shit, that's coming remastered. out. I forgot about that one, to be fair. Or are we talking <laughs> about the uh, crazy Tron tweet that uh, Magic put out and everyone lost their shit over?
1: Oh, right, yeah, because you should be playing Tron. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 we don't,
0: we don't, none of that. We're not talking <laughs> about any of that shit, okay? If you are coming to this podcast today to listen to us talk about anything of that shit, whether it's brilliant, like the amazing work that Laren Community College have done raising money for uh, trans charities, or all the bullshit white noise that has been Magic the Gathering over the past two weeks. Oh, right. We ain't talking about God. any of that. We are going to be no. talking today about... A stupid little joke that I thought about a week and a half ago, and I'm going to try and yep. spin it out into an hours long podcast. We are talking about today <laughs> about the food of the multiverse. Being relevant is boring. Being relevant <laughs> is tiring. Yes, <laughs> let's avoid it. <laughs> we've we've both been saying that we're a little bit uh, fatigued, shall we say, with all the magic white noise that's been out there. So instead, what I've done is I've compiled a menu, a food menu compiled of all the different meals that can be found across the multiverse so there's been a lot of research put into this maybe a little bit too much on my part um but also a lot of help and i'm going to say big thank you to the magic community uh, in general uh, especially the people on the uh, rules committee the commander rules committee discord In their Vorthos and Law section, Uh, a lot of people on uh, our Twitter who are on our kind of little Twitter circle, and especially uh, Kelly Diggs, who was one of the lead creators and writers for Magic uh, Law and Worldbuilding for quite a long time, um, who jumped into our Twitter feeds and Twitter threads and really helped us out with a lot of uh, these different references. Essentially, what's going to happen today? is we are going to talk through all of the actual physical references for food and drink that I deem interesting. I've compiled it into a menu. I'm going to ask Nathan what his menu picks would be as if he was sat down at the restaurant at the end of the multiverse, which is a very clever nerd joke, if you know what that reference is. Um, and we're going to talk about food <laughs> and shoot the shit and not give a fuck about all the bollocks that's going on in Magic at the moment. Um, Does that sound good to you, Nathan? <laughs>
1: It does indeed. The only thing I think I've annoys me about the menu is at the bottom it doesn't say "and thanks for all the fish. Um, it doesn't say thanks but for we were fish. close for the for the book ending of reference
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um what's going to happen guys as well is that i have actually literally i've mocked up a menu and what i'm going to do is i'm either going to try and share it as a viewable uh file in the episode description so you can kind of follow along with us uh, as we go just through the episode description if i can't do that it will at least be uh pinned to the top of our twitter uh so I'm not going to be like, oh, use this as an opportunity to follow us on Twitter or any of that shit, although please do. Um, But if you just want to have a look at the menu and follow along (laughs) as we're going, because there's quite a lot of references on there, um, then it is on there. We will also be talking about through all of my different picks. The caveat for this so, this is the game, because games need rules if we're going to be playing this game, is that Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just have an episode where we theorize about or like I made up what I thought food on different planes was going to be. So, for example, Fiora, which is the loosely Renaissance Italy, maybe slightly later period, but it's the Italian plane, right? And so that's the conspiracy set. So what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to be like, oh, well, I want pizza on the menu. What plane would have pizza? Oh, Fiora would have pizza because it's Italian, right? No. What I wanted to do is I wanted to find actual times that either on cards, so it has to be in the card art, it has to be in the card flavor text, or it has to be in references in story, and it has to be something specific and I want it to be like descriptive and then I'll put that into the menu and then we can actually sort of like see what different people around the multiverse are eating and drinking Um, the reason I came up with this format I don't know if you know Nathan, I've been listening to a podcast with uh, comedians James Acaster and Ed Gamble called Off Menu have you listened to Off Menu Podcast?
1: oh I haven't, no, I, I think you've mentioned them before though
0: yeah so there's a couple of uh english comedians um for those of you that might not know them and they do a podcast where they get on different comedian friends different celebrities and they basically do like the dream restaurant so in this format they basically ask their guest to pick whatever they want for their menu but they have like what would be your stars so what would be your drink bloody, 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 bloody. um but obviously i've done the menu for us and we'll pick from that menu because you know otherwise that's just li- literally lifting their format but i've listened to like about 30 hours of that podcast this week because of my new job and the commute. Um, So it was literally been in my brain. Um, So that's what we're going to do. I don't know if this is going to be interesting or fun, but I just, I just can't be asked to talk about controversy. Don't tell
1: tell them that. Don't tell them.
0: I can't promise fun. I can never promise fun.
1: Yes, this is the thing. Like the two caveats, I guess, um, before we start off is that one, it's me, right? A human, a human planeswalker, um, e- uh, choosing off of the menu, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 obviously going to tailor my taste buds, and obviously, I-, I can't talk from the point of view of a dragon. Um, and also, the other caveat is that the menu doesn't have pricing, which I think you're very smart not to have gone uh, <laughs> gone into depth about what you think comparative prices of certain items imagine? might be. I, I know, can it's can smart. If I put
0: that much effort in. Oh, uh, great!
1: I mean, what would you? What would the currency
0: be? Well, there are currencies on Ravnica. Yeah, I guess, yeah, comparative. Right, let's get on with this then. So, uh, the last caveat I'll say is that uh, I am a meat eater. I'm not vegetarian or vegan. uh, And I think you're a meat eater as well, Nathan, right? I am indeed, yeah. Cool. So, we are obviously going to come at this from the perspective of meat eaters. Uh, Apologies to anyone that finds our uh, tastes maybe... uh, not to theirs. I mean, there will be certain things on this menu where even if you are a meat eater, um, they're pretty heinous. So we will see. There is a little caveat at the top of my menu that reads, uh, our transmutation chefs will be happy to prepare your meal with any uh, and all dietary requirements in mind so that you may enjoy our entire menu. Simply ask your servo when you order. So if you are a veggie or you are a vegan and you think, well, in a fancy setting, I would kind of like to know what that tastes like, but I still don't want something to die for my meal. Transmutation chefs are on hand to turn any and all plant matter into a reliable facsimile of the meal you're about to eat. If you're a vegan or a vegetarian because you literally don't like the taste of meat, I don't know what to tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah, when it gets around the, um, what we're going to call it, walk advisor instead of trip advisor. Mm. Because it gets around that, right? Because you need to cater for every audience. Otherwise, you're going to get some bad reviews out there. Um mm. But this is an interesting thing. The thing that this sparked in my mind is that there will probably inevitably at some point be a planes walking like chef at some point I reckon within the story someone who's like really obs- like you know it's like Tamiya's obsessed with stories I can mm. imagine that but someone who's obsessed with different dishes like like eating every different type of dish I think is it Space Dandy or something they go on like some big thing to get the best bowl of ramen in the in the universe yes. um, that, that would be a very cool short story if someone did that about someone who samples the best selectable bits from different planes and brings herbs and spices from different various places but it's already this is a really cool idea as soon as you came up with this I was like oh yeah oh that's great that's genius um so obviously with (laughs) drain now food is an official thing within the multiverse let's see what they do with it going forwards um you know once we're over the Frexian shit that's going to be happening we can actually have fun again for sure
0: (laughs) uh so yeah i've compiled this menu i will say this isn't an exhaustive menu as well. There are plenty of things that I didn't include. And also, there are lots of really cool ideas that I didn't include as well. So, when I asked people on Twitter, because I didn't want to give the game away too much, I didn't want to give my sort of thinking away straight away. I just asked people on Twitter, are there any food-related cards or references that you think are interesting and cool? Whatever the, my little prompt was. And a lot of people came up with some really interesting ideas. There was lots of calls for things like, well, Zendikar is technically edible if you're an Eldrazi. Um <laughs>
1: That was brilliant. Tasty little snack. Yeah, He's <laughs> yeah. got a little munch on Zendikar.
0: <laughs> yep, there's lots of stuff like that. Things like the devour mechanic. There's a whole mechanic around eating. Right, not just, yeah, John. yeah, of course. Right? Also, obviously, you have literally food and food tokens that came in Drain. I will just say, we'll get to it, but there are a lot of Drain foods on this thing, because it was a very food-heavy plane. Although I've, only, mm-hmm. I've limited myself to only referencing one food token, because obviously all the food tokens have food on them. Yeah. Um, some of the foods as well are just kind of ubiquitous across magic. So things like, we'll get to the wines and spirits and beers. I'm a beer drinker, so I, I really like um, IPAs, ales, and porters are like my, my beers that I drink. And I know you're a, you're a big beer drinker as well, Nath. But, yeah, I'm just a big drinker. <laughs> I, mean, that's, uh, I mean, I also drink wine and whiskey as well. I don't know why I'm limiting yeah. it to beer. Um, but there are just, there are, I personally, and no one else gave me, a reference to ale. So there is lots of individual references of ale, because ale is like the fantasy beer along with Mm -hmm. mead. But there was nothing like, oh, this is what Ravnikan ale tastes like, or this is ale as it is in Zendikar. Like, I wanted, even if it was just a little description, I was going to grab it and put it in. But all the references of ale, even like in recent ones, it's just like, oh, Zarath went and collected two more glasses of ale. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Well I it's can't really generic. use that. So I just wanted to give you like a little insight into my what I considered a reference and what I didn't. It was a bit of a fine line. There's one thing that I extrapolated on. So there's one item where I thought, okay, it just says it's this, but because of the plane that it's on, I extrapolated a little a little couple of details from it and what I thought that would taste like. Because and we'll see why when we get to it. But I just thought it was necessary uh, for what we're doing. So yeah, that, that's it, essentially. So let's get on with it without further ado. So we have starters and sides, main courses, desserts, wine, beers, and spirits, and hot and soft drinks. Those are all our little different categories. So let's start with starters and sides. Uh, in the starters and sides, to give you an idea of what's on the menu, we have uh, hot soup uh, prepared by our Goblin Chefs, Very Hot, from Dominaria. We have mefi fepla, which is a traditional flatbread served with pickled mangoes, yoghurt, chilies, and ginger. That's found on the plain of Kaladesh. We have honey bread, found on the plain of Dominaria. Spelt porridge, uh, which is sweet and nutty, served hot from Eldraine. And uh, kushkaval, which is a spicy and salty cheese with a hint of olive oil, found on the plain of Ravnica. Keshkaval is is, uh, often referenced as the Eastern European cheddar for those of you that aren't quite sure what Kesh Cabal is. Um, so yeah, Nathan, what, what did you go for for your starter? Um, I go, I went for what I think is the most
1: humorous um, from a like um, meta perspective. Also the thing I'm most likely to go for, um, and that's hot soup. Um, <laughs> I'm a big soup fan in general. I like everything from um, like um, gazpacho through to like, you know, chicken noodle soup. I, 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 cold, mint. Don't care, hot, whatever. The thing I love about hot soup, um, or I mean, arguably, maybe I don't like about this one is in the picture, it looks quite, um, thin. Yeah. And I usually like my soup a bit chunkier, but if we're going for like a starter, you know, like an entree, then fair enough, that makes sense um, for, for the thin soup. Plus, I'm hoping it gets weighted to me like it is in the picture of hot mm. soup. That's the thing I'm going for. I'm hoping it gets charged out to me throughout throughout through the restaurant, knocking tables asunder.
0: <laughs> what was really interesting is that I put hot soup on because that was the first thing that almost everyone I asked went for when they went for food-related things. Funnily enough, they didn't go for the food token straight away, which is what I thought. They went for hot soup. But there's nothing Thing on the card that suggests what soup it is. And so that's one of the only ones where I've gone, oh, I can't not include it, even though it doesn't have a description. I'm going to have to put it in there. I mean, what what does it look like to you? It's made by goblins. I assume it's Dominaria as well. I will say yeah. this. We're not starting off strong here. I assume it's Dominaria because it was in core sets And they look like <laughs> Dominarian goblins. So that's what I went. With.
1: I mean, you've got to assume it's But the funny thing is, like, goblins traditionally aren't the best in terms of chefs. Like, I've looked through a few different ones. You've got, like, Orkish Librarian who's just sat there eating books with library paste, um, which is hilarious (laughs) in and of itself. Um, You know, that's how goblins think they get knowledgeable, obviously. Um, And then I also looked at, like, Mon's Goblin Waiters, which is from um, Unstable. An nice unstable. Yes. unhinged, sorry. Yes. And they talk about, you know, rock and then cooked rock as separate things. And there's other ones where they talk about eating dirt. Like what's the point of planting the seeds in the dirt? Just eat the dirt. So I, I've got to assume it can't be very, it can't be super advanced, right? It can't be, it can't be like a culinary delicacy. But at the same time, it's the first time I think I've seen like an actual like made meal th- from goblins, like you know. And it's, if it's going to have to be transported across the front line, which it looks like it's being done, getting to all of the the goblins in the trenches, you know, to feed them, it's got to have some kind of heartiness to them.
0: Um, mm. And if it's
1: hot enough, I don't think it matters what's in it. But I assume it's got to be plant based, right? To be brothy. You know, like sure, I mean sto- it is. Yeah, stock. it's
0: kind of pale green. I did wonder whether it was um... boogers. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that was genuinely what I was
1: thinking. Yes. <laughs> Well I think it's goblins as well right the more sneezes in yeah. there the better the more yeah. meat cuz yeah yeah I mean cause it's a, there's a preamble for this in Lord of the Rings right as well where the trolls are making that like soup thing in the hobbit um and you know the, he sneezes in it and they go oh extra extra protein or whatever so I yeah. mean there's a precedent for this within the multiverse um the thing is the other ones are like all fine and dandy like I I really like the idea of like methy um uh, thepla, like and that kind of thing of like an actual built meal mm, where you have mm. like accompaniments and stuff like that but i tend not to go for um stodgy starters typically so i avoided all the bread and everything um Kushkavar, i'd be very interested to see how Ravnica and cheese tastes because where is it milk what are they milking
0: yeah well i mean we yeah we haven't seen much livestock i wonder i mean uh, Ravnica is the classic plane for what if other races get offended by their sort of Reductive forms. Like the so getting yeah, yeah, exactly. What are you doing to my wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always think that. I mean, it's always, Dominaria is the other one as well, where we have like knights riding panthers in the Panther Race army. Like, yeah, yeah. Um sure. So th- that's cool. Hot soup, nice and classic. I am a big soup person as well. I think though, I, uh, I always my eyes are bigger than my stomach when it comes to when I eat out. So I'd probably go for honey bread from Dominaria which is just nice and plain and simple honey bread. Um, The references for these, I will read out where I got all these references as well. Uh, so methi thepla um, is an Indian style breakfast, usually, uh, or it's used. The bread itself is uh, is used as a side. So the served with like yogurt and chilies and all this kind of thing is uh, kind of a breakfast food, and it's described by Chandra in the story Homesick by Chris uh, Letully in 2016. So it was part of the Shadows of Rannestad uh, stories, um, where her and Liliana are talking about food and. Chandra bemoans that Ravnikans have no concept of how to eat well because they skip breakfast and they have like stupid meals or whatever. And then she goes on to describe this breakfast that she has uh, on Kaladesh. There's also uh, in the Chandra comics um, uh, uh, who's, uh, who's Chandra's mum? Uh, Pia. That's the one. Um, she brings in uh, a breakfast platter for Chandra. Although you mm. just see it, she doesn't describe what it is. Um, so that's a real world dish that they've obviously put in, and in fact, a lot of the Kaladesh dishes on this are actually real world Indian foods or foods from that part of the world mm. that they used in Magic as well to kind of flesh out that plane. Um, spelt porridge. Do you know what spelt is? Yeah, F-P-E-L-T. it's
1: like, yeah, it's a type of uh, grain. Like you, right. you can make spelt breads, which tends to be a little bit tougher. It's a bit more like wholemeal.
0: Yeah, to like I had no idea. It's essentially so. It's a yeah. You're right. It's a grain which you use basically in place of whole grain flour. Um, yeah, and it's slightly coarser and it's got a sweet and nutty kind of um, mm. quality to it. So spelt porridge is referenced in uh, the Wildered Quest by Kate Elliott from the Plain of Eldraine. Um along with along with like all those ubiquitous things like people have like sausages and apples and whatever. Mm. else. Um, hot soup is obviously from the card hot soup. Up oh, by David Palumbo. Kushkaval, uh the cheese is referenced in the card Rat Catcher in the flavor text. And it's rat catcher is using Kushkaval to catch rats. Um I didn't I don't necessarily think Kushkaval is used as a starter or a side, but I just kind of thought you have like buffalo cheese as starters sometimes. So yeah, for sure. whack it in there. I'm obviously, I, this is making it very obvious. I'm not a culinary like curator. I don't make menus for a living. My brother does. He works in pubs, and so he's worked with chefs before, But um, mm. so I'm sure he would shout at me. Uh, and then Honey bread is referenced in the story Return to Dominaria by Martha Wells from 2018, part of the Dominaria stories. Um, it's Shana, uh, uh descendant, is that, that her name, Shana? Yes, indeed, yeah. yeah yes, Shana, yeah. Um, she yeah. mentions about how her sister burnt honey bread when she was flirting with local boys uh, when they were younger, and it caused quite the scene. Um, it was part of a celebrationary thing. But I just I quite liked the idea of honey bread um, mm. being the kind of bread course. Yeah, so, I guess yeah. It's,
1: there's an interesting, I guess, uh, conversation to be had about planes which do have, as you say, sentient animal life forms. Um, are they more likely to have plant-based diets because there's that that ethical quandary obviously mm. we're reflecting met- this is what the whole point of the episode is right reflecting um real life as a, a meta narrative into, yes. into so yeah, i guess curious uh, i guess things like um, most planes will have to have like a plant-based diet anyway and then i guess it depends on who what races they are because i think also fantasy settings are a little bit more ruthless anyway like that hunt to survive aspect is obviously going to be a lot more true we don't just Planes like Ravnica and Dominaria where they can just sit around going, oh, I guess we'll just chill, you know, I guess we'll go out for lunch, you know, as opposed to certain planes where it's I have to go and hunt. to to be able to eat i guess there's obviously a a bit of a difference and i guess that's what is interesting about this restaurant at the end of the multiverse of i guess you go out to different planes sometimes and to try and see if there are delicacies and cuisines or you compare it to like this plane specifically has really cool selections of 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 mushrooms that other planes don't have have but going there and and hunting them out is very very difficult because you've got big balloths coming after you and stuff Mm. like that so yeah it's a nice internal dialogue that i've got in my head now how like how how these dishes are created and obviously going into main courses i think that's going to be an interesting thing to talk about
0: i think looking into because Ramnica is going to feature quite heavily in this um as well because it's such a fleshed out plane the, the more fleshed out planes especially the ones that have like um large populaces tend to also have more writers referencing food and things like that mm. um Ramnica is kind of confirmed to have Quite a heavily plant based diet, not only because you're right, they have a lot of anthropomorphized like races, so you wouldn't necessarily be chowing down on bull or whatever when your Minotaur mate is sat across from you. Um, but the Golgari are also in charge of a lot of the food production, so mm. their kind of fungus aesthetic and their whole kind of remulching and repurposing of matter um, tends to lead to a, like a more plant based fungal thing. So I think Ravnica, as you like, you kind of astutely pointed out, does have quite a plant based um, diet, although they do have some meat as well mm. cool i'd be interested to see if you're listening to this do let us know for each of these courses what you would pick again the um, menu will be along on our twitter so you can literally reference in the twitter posts uh, what meals you would pick all right so hot soup starter um would you have a starter or would you have it on the side
1: Um, I'm usually, I prefer starters over desserts, like as much as my sweet tooth is like really sweet. I love things like butterscotch custard, that kind of thing. I typically would go for a starter and then a main with a side and then for go dessert ideally. That's that's usually how I go for, I like savory flavors in, um, restaurants and I kind of want to sample as much as possible. So yes, I usually do go for a starter.
0: That's funny. Um, I would usually skip the starter, have a side and a main course and go for dessert. Hmm.
1: That's traditional. I just, I don't know why. I'm just, I'm, I tend to be quite fussy when it comes to sweet things. So I prefer to have autonomy. Um, whereas with starters and anything that's savory, I'm like, fuck it, make it weird. We'll, we'll get into this when we get into the main courses. Make <laughs> it weird and I will love it. I will put it in my mouth and enjoy it. So yeah.
0: Fair enough. All right, well, let's talk about the main courses then. So for main course, we have a uh, rife and uh, rife? rife, rice, <laughs> rife, we have rife, we have rice and beef, uh, a simple and filling course from the plain of Ikoria. We have rabbit and frillhorn tamales steamed with a choice of sauces from Ixalan. We have honey-smoked horror, horror being the creature type horror. Uh, a street food style dish served with a spicy sauce from Ravnica. We have a roast unicorn, a unicorn head served with all the trimmings from the plane of Dominaria. A meat pie, and that's as far as I'm going to like for the name of those. <laughs> the meat pie. Well also, I mean, right, we'll talk about this in a second, but yeah. we'll talk about this in a second. Um. So we have meat pie. It's a latticed uh, lattice top short crust pie filled with our delicious secret ingredient from the plain of Eldraine and a Viashino style curry, uh, an incredibly hot curry with diced meat spiced with vegetables and fungus. Again, from the plain of Ravnica. Um, meat pies, for those of you that don't live in British colonies <laughs> or ex-British colonies, uh, so this is basically for our stateside listeners, um, the British put meat in pies. You with your like, sweet pies and your you know, American pie, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Like, we have, like, crumbles and shit, but, yeah, we, we put meat in shortcrust pies and put them in the oven and serve them with, like, chips and gravy and shit. Um, mm.
1: Unless you're talking about mince pies at Christmas, which are not mince because it's sweet mince, and that's yeah. a sweet pie. <laughs> God, it's fucked. <laughs> oh, my God. I think,
0: uh, what was it, Pleasant Kenobi I saw on Twitter. This is, like, two months ago. This is just what popped into my head. He put a picture of a pork pie, a mini pork pie. Mm on Twitter and asked people what they thought it was. And obviously, like, half people got it right, because, you know, people know. But a lot of people were thrown off by the size. So we have pork pies in England are shortcrust pies filled with pork. Um, In England, sorry. Um, But we tend to not really eat them at full size. Like, full size is like like an apple-sized thing. We tend to have them as, like, mini pork pies, which are small, like the size of a golf ball. Mm. But that's, like, the usual way we eat them. And I think having, like, a mini mini pie filled with pork it does seem weird
1: when you think about it but then you get a big one and you're like what the hell is this this? am i tiny yeah it's really strange it's like when you see oversized packages of uh food from other countries like i've seen like a two kilogram pot of nesquik before and i'm like oh i don't know why (laughs) but your brain just automatically just goes oh it's bigger than normal yeah i don't know and and what was like the other one i was uh i was gonna say yeah the fact you've got jelly in them it's not it's not sweet jelly it's savory jelly yeah, it's like preserved, and right? it does that get started on biscuits because some certain biscuits go on top of stews, certain biscuits you dip in your tea. So you know, food, food, food. weirdly, enough, yeah, food. I mean, <laughs> so, so yeah. just
0: just just qualify what a meat pie is. I mean, everyone, people know. I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to accuse of people from different countries of being like totally ignorant. Like it's quite it's a common joke that like the British and like some parts of Canada and some parts of Australia do this thing with pies. But it's it's funny how you do have to check yourself when you think it's totally normal, but actually. Mm it is very specific to your country. So yeah, that's, that's what that is.
1: Well, we should probably also mention that the meat pie is... that the secret ingredient isn't love, right? As, as the flavour ah, text. Ah, you got yeah, it. Yeah, I did. It.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, we, we will get to the meat pie cool. and watch Well, I'm not going to go for
1: that one for that reason. Um, <laughs> so, weirdly enough, the one that reads off the menu immediately, something that I know that I'd like and enjoy is the Viachino-style curry. Um, but... But I mean, considering one, it's very hot and it's Vyachinos. This is the thing, because Viashino's can probably handle their heat like infinitely better than I can as a human. Yes. It'll probably burn a hole in my stomach. So uh, going, c- carrying with the theme of if it's weird, I'll probably try and eat it. Highly smoked horror. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. If you cook it, that means it's got to be at least tasty to some people, right? So mm-hmm. it's not as if you're out there, unless it's like a Rakdos thing where they're trying to be douchey and they're going, ha ha ha, sneaky, sneaky. Get- feed people things that aren't very nice. Um I would be really interested to see what horror is. And then does each horror have taste the same? Is each week a batch of horror? Is that an extra scary horror that tasted extra, you know, that, yeah. this is where my brain and my, I haven't eaten breakfast, by the way, deliberately specifically for this reason, because <laughs> it's making my mouth water now thinking about, about um, like, I really like biltong and things like that. So I'm imagining yeah. like this sweet jerky kind of aspect and you've got to tough it out. Ah, oh, Yeah, as I say, I'm hungry now and it's making my mouth water. So yeah, I definitely go for the honey smoked, honey smoked horror. Sounds great. I, so uh, th-
0: there's meats that are out there that I don't think are usually in the kind of Western, at least the Northern Hemisphere um, sort of taste palette that mm-hmm. I think when you eat them, you kind of realize like, holy shit, like there is like a whole world of meats out there that you're not quite sure. Of. Again, for those of you that are vegetarian and vegan, this is probably not the bit of the we'll podcast for you, so I do apologize. Um, but I was I did a, a rugby tour when I was a teenager in South Africa and I got to try crocodile. Um, and crocodile is quite a thick steak but it breaks apart into fibres and it's it, it doesn't taste... It's not fishy, but it has like a hint of fish. If you imagined a fish kind of got turned into a cow.
1: <laughs> right, crocodiles quote andy man imagine if a fish turned into a cow <laughs> but i guess yeah. it's their diet right because they eat yeah, well fish, yeah so. and
0: just they sit in water all the time yeah um, so i had sense. a so i had an alligator uh, a crocodile and it was the, my point is is that it's just it's it was meat, but it was a new experience of meat right mm. it's like when you suddenly have gamey meats yes it's different yeah. so i would imagine horrors to have that kind of thing i it would be familiar yet slightly different um So you're going for the honey-smoked horror, served with uh, street food style, served with spicy sauce. Purely out of curiosity, Um, yeah. Yeah. I would go for that, or the rabbit and frillhorn tamales from the Plain of Exelon. So frillhorn, in this instance, references dinosaurs. So a frillhorn is a dinosaur. So I know what rabbit tastes like. Now... Would a dinosaur again? This is the crocodile thing. It could taste like crocodile because but it could taste spicy. like chicken, right? Or it could taste like chicken.
1: Yeah, because birds originally came. But what's the thing? I guess it's muscle use, right? Is this one the thing that, as a chef at the, in the restaurant at the end of the multiverse, you've got to have to consider that certain things like veal taste better because it's the muscles less worked, right? And the best parts of a cow are like the bits in between the ribs at the back because they're used less. Um, something like a horse, say, for example, if it moves in a certain way that doesn't require its muscles to be used, it might be <laughs> super tender. You know, whereas like, say, I'd imagine um, certain, like like say a dinosaur, if you've had to, I guess if it's older as well, like people prefer eating meat when it's young, right? Like lamb compared to mutton. Um, mm. So I guess it, yeah, I mean, I guess that's another, another question of if dinosaurs then live for a really, really long time, ideally you'd want to eat a younger one. I guess, for, the, for it to be a more um, delectable meat. But then maybe, like with mutton, where it takes on a different flavor, the older it gets, maybe it's better, older. I really shouldn't have done this without eating breakfast, Andy. What have you done? <laughs> uh, <laughs> All I'm doing is thinking about different flavors of dinosaur. Um, but, um, I,
0: I, think, I think I'm going to go for the rabbit and frillhorn tamales. Yeah. I really like, um, I love Mexican food. And obviously, I mean, it's not quite Mexican food. It's Mesoamerican, but it's in that same sort of part of the world. And a lot mm. of the base um, ingredients are very similar. So I think I'd go for rabbit and frillhorn tamales. But the choice of sauces... Um, um,
1: I guess there's also the question now: Is roast unicorn? Is that like is that right. fa- is that is that a faux pas? Right. In the same way, I get put I get putting like humans in your meat pies is bad, right? That's fair enough, but that's always got precedence. Like we've got um, what's his name, so... um, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, as well as witches <laughs> eating kids. Like that's got precedence. Is eating a unicorn really bad? Like, like in, uh, in Harry Potter, yes. it's, it's, it's not I'm good, I'm going to tell right? <laughs> you
0: right now it is. So the, fe- so the reference for... I'll go through the references now. So the reference for Roast Unicorn is the card Feast of the Unicorn. And there are two cards uh, which have the name Feast of the Unicorn. So my reference for it is the 6th edition version, which literally has a picture of a roasted unicorn head uh, sat on a platter with lots of different trimmings. Uh, The flavour text is, could there be a fouler act? No doubt the Baron knows of one, uh, referenced by Autumn Willow. So, yes, it is considered quite a horrible thing. And then the other card, Feast of the Unicorn, um, shows a bunch of mogs eating a unicorn in the background, and the flavour text on this version says some delicacies are not to be savoured save by the callous." by Baron Sengir. Um, God, for, for
1: Baron Sengir to
0: say that is yeah. pretty, that's pretty extreme. Now, I will say that there have been foods that I've come across in restaurants or I've seen foods and know how they've been made and mm. even as a meat eater i've either regretted or abjectly refused to eat certain foods or kind of gone oh maybe i need to change my eating habits which is what half the argument for not eating meat is it's the practices and the kind of cruelty. absolutely yeah. we're not blind to it as meat eaters we're just lying to ourselves really like morally it's speaking it, it, it just tastes good it's really
1: hard yeah it? like we have
0: no leg to stand on which makes us Same. horrible um yeah. but i just kind of feel like ah, uh, how could you right uh, i I might have to tell my servo to get the transmuter chefs to turn a bunch of fungus into a unicorn head because i have to know i have <laughs> mm. to know
1: well it's the funny thing so, again like um on mon's uh goblin waiters there's on, on their list of there's unicorn on the cob which is more in that makes it that makes it more amusing but no less callous and horrible and i guess i guess the ultimate flex is to have the marrow out of the horn right and that's what it tastes oh real and also, is it because it's got magical qualities? Do they then yeah. taste better? Obviously, yeah. like, does it make the food more invigorating? Um, would it make likely make the food harder to cook? Would it make it easier to cook? Like, these are also interesting. They're questions. super horses. They're they super are super horses. horses. Yeah, but people don't eat horse very often. That's the thing. Um, very...
0: well, they do. Well, this is a, they do in certain countries.
1: Yeah, of course, but like less so. Like, it's not um, as widely used as a meat, right? I guess I, there must. There's probably reasons for it beyond um, ease of. Um, generation like chickens and pigs and cows are probably much easier to farm but, they're easier um,
0: to farm yeah yeah that's it um yeah
1: i, th- I feel like you putting it on the menu i was like oh that's a conversation right <laughs> um, but yeah <laughs> but i yeah. guess like yeah everything's edible if you're brave enough right especially in the multiverse
0: well, quite. Um, so uh, let's go through the, some of the references then. So the rice and beef, um, it's a fairly boring meal, but I thought I'd, I'd put something on there that was a bit simpler, um, is from a courier and it's from the story The Sundered Bond by Django Wexler. He describes the soldiers as eating rice and beef as their kind of a staple meal. Um, we have rabbit and frillhorn tamales is from the story Who Tells the Stories by Alison Lurz, 2018. So it's the second-to-last uh, story from the Ixlan uh, arc. Um, I didn't quite know. The sentence that it's in says rabbit and frillhorn tamales and another food. Like, there was a third thing. And I didn't know whether it meant rabbit was one meal, frillhorn tamales was another, and then there was this third thing, or it was rabbit and frillhorn tamales, then this next thing. Mm -hmm. I asked my wife, I literally just read her the paragraph without any kind of context, and asked her what she thought the meals were. And she said it read like it was rabbit and frillhorn tamales, like together. So yeah. that's what I've done there. Um, also, an interesting little fact there, they use the tamales as a little uh, signifier about how matter travels through the uh, blind eternities. So in the next story, so Plains planeswalks at the end of that story, where she has this big meal. Um, with the tamales, and she takes some in a bag to planeswalk with. And then in the next story, you see her emerging in the plane that she's arrived on. Kaladesh, if anyone's interested. Um, and she's upset that her tamales didn't make the journey, <laughs> oh, okay. so her food got wasted, which is a bit of a shame. Oh
1: man, yeah, your snacks are gone. It's also yeah. interesting to think that there's a hunter out there that goes hunting for rabbits and also dinosaurs just to yeah. make this one meal.
0: <laughs> I mean, they could be, a ra- rabbit might be uh, another might name be for huge. a dinosaur I because guess, they yeah. they thought that dragons were dinosaurs or dragons and That's vice true. versa there we go yes, yeah. uh viashino curry is eh, incredibly hot uh with fungus vegetables and chunks of meat uh, is referenced in the story uh the gathering storm chapter three by django wexler 2019 um it's uh tomic and ral are eating curry uh tomic's having a much milder curry because he says he can't understand how ral can have his curry Bless like him. how the viashino have it which again is how it's described in, in the menu so it's yeah, it's definitely a meal for people who have quite a high constitution. I can't handle spice anywhere near as much as the average person. I'm a bit of a wimp, so um, yeah, I yeah. would not have the curry. That's I do love curry, think but I'm creamy over spice. Yeah, for sure.
1: And I don't know. When I don't know, I don't go for the hot curries in a restaurant I haven't been to before. Because sometimes even their vegetable curry like kicks you for six. So yeah.
0: Yeah. when i uh, when i read the menu back to again holly my wife because i was kind of testing this out on her because she she knows about magic and she understands magic and she's just not half as invested as we are if i can go figure um i said to her oh viashino curry and she went is that curry made from viashino's so mm-hmm. i had to put in viashino style curry <laughs> just in case <laughs> people think we're cooking up lizard people um which would be ethical weirdly uh roasted unicorn head as we've discussed is from the cards uh feast of the unicorn and then meat pie <laughs> is from the card bake into a pie art by zoltan Boris, uh, and the flavor text mentions that the secret ingredient certainly isn't love and obviously the function of the spell is that you destroy target creature and you create a food mm-hmm. token so um yeah, you're you're eating whatever you've killed. Pre- yeah. Presumably a humanoid.
1: Because <laughs> the funny thing is, well, like, it kind of shows that artwork. It shows like a pretty prestigious, like coloury expertise, like to make a lati- a, a lattice, like a, a pastry lattice. Shows mm. some like advancement in, in cooking. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah, it also massively depends. Like obviously, I no, don't think there's anything from Keldheim Time that I can see. Uh, no. okay I've got, there, there is but when we get to drinks but like obviously yeah, yeah depending on um progression like um, what's the word i'm looking for like i guess societal evolution um i guess it massively depends on what you can and can't do with in the kitchen because we haven't yes. talked about like well, there's no magicking food here we're not talking about like um how they do in star trek where they have the bloody zzz, and it like it just forms anything that you want with the packaging uh, the and exactly yeah which mm. doesn't make sense to me anyway but yeah there is obviously there is <laughs> all
0: the things in star trek you're going to take issues with yeah that's the thing yeah like i
1: don't know yeah trust me like nothing something from nothing like even harry potter says that you take an item from somewhere else and bring it in right and i guess it's good i suppose
0: i i have seen i mean i say i've just shouted at you for it i have seen forums where people have gone that the replicators the kind of food and matter producing units in every single bedroom on a starship in star trek is Nonsense, but that's the like, fi likelihood.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I guess it's forgivable, but yeah, it's nice that magic at no point makes this idea that you can fa- fabric something for out of nothing. There's no like, oh, and I just created this in my hand that you could have like, well, it's all mana at least, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and also, what does mana taste like? Tasty mana. I mean, snacks. what if you took
0: a big, if you took a big sweep, swif- uh, swig of ether, pure yeah, well, ether?
1: Is it Manamorphose, the first one? Let me have a look. Manamorphose, um, I'm pretty sure the first um, flavor text talks about the goblin eating it. Um, let me just quickly check because I always thought when when I saw it I was always like that sounds really nice for a moment objects of pure mana glimmered in the wonderstruck Boggett's hands the next moment they were in his mouth as he chewed contently. Now, that's interesting. I'd love to know what manna tastes like. And it makes it look like these weird little jelly things. Like, imagine, like, um, like um, jelly snakes or something, you know, where they've got yeah. that kind of sweet, poppy kind of taste to them. Yeah, again, shouldn't have done this when I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> moving on.
0: All right, let's move on to our dessert course then. Very good. So, yeah, you've had hot soup. Then you've had honey smoked horror. Honey smoked horror does seem... Oh, sorry, the, the honey smoked horror, the reference for that is... Um, the story, the illusion of child's play by Nikki Drake in two thousand nineteen. That's the Rakdos story. So it's where the demon uh, prot- protagonist that we're following has that at a Rakdos oh, bless festival. Him. The
1: one who doesn't know how to flirt properly. Oh god.
0: <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah, so he has this, the street food there. Um, mm. So yeah, so I, there are actually quite a few references to rakdos food and drinks i don't know why that seems to be quite a popular one when it comes to well yeah well it's weird that
1: none of the food in eldraine is on red cards yeah i'd expect red to be the kind of color that would enjoy food maybe more i don't Mm. know why i don't know why in my head it speaks to to, but i imagine if you're going to be like a chef you're more likely to be a red mage, not only because of the fire magic would help obviously but that creative aspect to it sure Um, yeah strange
0: so our dessert course we have jam tarts from the uh Plain of Eldrain. Uh we have mango flavoured snow from the plain of Kaladesh. We have fresh fruit uh, fruit, apples, pears, bananas, grapes, uh, served to your table on top of a zombie's head from the plain of Tarkir. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. And we have a sentient gingerbread man. Please pre order. Uh, this is advised as they tend to go fast hey. from the plain of Eldrain. Hey. Yeah, I'm I'm utterly hilarious when I do this. <laughs> I, I, I was very so proud
1: I of myself that. i was proud of you when it got to that point i was like oh yes absolutely of course um <laughs> yeah i guess it's interesting like cause this is the, the thing like i guess um had we looked at El drain you could tell that there are some, some pastry chefs out there so maybe they're um and the fact they can make jam tarts clearly el drain is a foodie Plain shock horror it brought the food mechanic into the game um but i like the how the others none of them are particularly um say advanced i guess fruit like sweet things typically don't I guess don't have to be um there is obviously the prestigious Tassiger with his um infamous plate of bananas um, right. so I guess when you do have sweet things like that I mean you don't have to do too much with them for them to be nutritious and delicious and all that nonsense mm. um I really like whenever you get this is the I think the turning point in culinary expertise is when you take snow you take a sweet flavor and you go oh man I've just invented ice cream so i'd probably go for mango flavored snow uh one because i'd really want to see if um obviously the real world references they could have made up any number of words for all of the different fruits that are across the multiverse um we're going to presume that they have very very similar flavors because that's the reference that we've got but i would be interested to see if the palette of, of, of fruits across the multiverse is you know stronger um or if it's like you know like do the fruits on zendikar grow extra delicious uh because of the extra manner in or well, obviously not now now they're all just dust because of the yeah, <laughs> oh, charlie I mean, but you know what sure. i mean yeah, like so. That's that's that that's kind of where my uh, curiosity goes, and I like I like simple desserts as much as um I'm a big fan of um a good strudel when it's done properly. Um, I th- I like sorbet. So yeah, my my instinct is mango flavors. I'm
0: I'm very much in the similar uh, place with the desserts. I'm I don't necessarily go in for baked desserts. So people who have like yeah, like you know yeah strudels or like uh, apple crumble or whatever else. It's just it's just not for me. Um, I am a big big ice cream fan as well and sorbet. Um funnily enough, I say I like um like simple desserts as well. If if the ice cream, like m- meal, if you like, is the most complicated thing on the planet, I'm all in for it. Like I love those kind of gut buster, knickerbocker glory <laughs> ice cream Sunday monstrosities. The more brownies, the more ice cream, the more chocolate sauce, a sparkler, have someone doing a backflip as they serve it to me. Like <laughs> I am yes. the TGI experience. That. Yeah. Love oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a restaurant <laughs> chain called um, Smith and Weston. Have, do you know about Smith & Western? I've known
1: about Smith & Western. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, so that's, yeah, I don't
0: know if it's anywhere else. The, this might be an English thing. So it's a, it's a cowboy-themed restaurant, which now I know that the majority of our listeners are from the US. This is just so embarrassing for, like, UK. Basically, yeah, it's like a themed restaurant, right, for, like, cowboys. Like, Smith & Western, Smith & Western. I think there's only, like, two or three around the country, but there's one in my hometown in Horsham uh, uh, in the south. And, um, like, all the cheesy... Like, Americana isn't obviously, like, as an adult, doesn't necessarily impress me. But the food is just unbelievable. Yeah, so indulgent. Yeah, it's all like Tex-Mex and, you know, like, ribs and, you know. But Mm. they, they do this knickerbocker glory gut buster ice cream thing. And it's just like a vat <laughs> of sugar and frozen shit. So yeah, I I mean, to to kind of put it all back, I also do like sorbets, which is kind of like the refined sort of like ice cream, if you like. Mm. Um, So I would go for mango flavoured snow. Interesting little... Um,
1: yeah, we, did, when did... What part of... Because we didn't see much of Kaladesh that was um cold, right? No. Which is interesting. Also, I noticed there was any chocolate on the dessert menu... Um, is that deliberate or is that... I guess that just doesn't match.
0: I couldn't find any references yeah. to it. I'm sure there are. Again, again, I will stress that this was a week of me looking uh, on lots of different forums. I obviously can't read all of Magic. Yeah, it's tough. Look through. And yeah, this was also tough. suggestions that were given to me and j- chocolate just didn't seem to come up. Yeah.
1: I guess it's one of those things, again, the more processed the food is, the less likely in a fantasy setting you're going to see it. Um, which is, again, why I think it's impressive the certain planes like Drain have clearly put a focus on, you know baking and things like that um saying that i think there is a certain joy um maybe this speaks to my personality to to have a sentient cookie scream as you like
0: right now this is right okay so this is um this is a bit like feast of the Unicorn. so the the sentient gingerbread man is obviously the reference to to ginger brute right so Mm. that's from eldraine and that itself is a reference to the gingerbread man. So we all know that in like fairy tales and like, yeah, Shrek, as you say. So it's a, gin- a gingerbread man, like the confectionery, that has been artificially brought to life. Okay. Now.
1: Okay, so it's kind of like a, like kind of like like if you animate a golem or something like that. Yeah, you know, like. Or when but was... I just
0: I don't know where the line is because in our society <laughs>
1: that's still really cruel though, right? Well, Why in, would you well, give it. A personality, personality just to eat it in our,
0: <laughs> in our society. There, you there are kind of let's just say two larger school of thoughts when it comes to the sanctity of sentience. Right, uh, if mm. you believe in a god or a pantheon of gods or whatever. When you're religious, you tend to feel like your consciousness and your sentience comes from a higher place. If you're an atheist or if you don't believe in that, you still hold the sanctity of sentience because, like, it's almost like cosmically we're all equal. Like, we shouldn't be eating animals because they have just as much rights as we do, right? The mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, that's very broadly, very crudely, the kind of way we're at. So, if you do believe in <laughs> something like well, own, you're only sentient if you have a soul. <laughs> then, is it still okay to eat something? Are you then a god? But if you does that mean birth? you're allowed
1: to eat angels because they don't? Well, have th- souls? I just this. I mean, it just opens
0: up <laughs> way too many doors. Yeah, I actually, obviously... I already feel a bit dirty trying to walk through. So maybe, yeah. uh, maybe it was a mistake putting a ginger brute on there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well guess no, I guess it's it is, um a question again, because um we now live in a society where um, again, the need to hunt isn't as prevalent for, especially like first world countries or Western society like we don't have to go and hunt to survive um so we can definitely have the choice of not needing to eat meat and not having to kill other things um to be able to survive so there sure. is there is a parameter there um and again it's going to be difficult because each plane is going to have its own parameter of necessity over acceptability and that kind of thing i think i think gingerbread is just really funny i just love the idea that you you're this masochistic baker who just <laughs> gives them sentience just to have the horror of them being eaten because
0: it's um, also it's technically it's technically a humanoid
1: yeah yeah Exactly. And again, if it has personality, like at what point do you draw the line? I mean, again, who makes their food sentient? I mean, again, the fairy tale, I'd have to reread the grim version. I don't think it might be a grim version of the gingerbread of where it originally um, started. It's probably not nice and fluffy as they make it out in other media. but yeah, I think I think that's a very amusing thing to put on there. Um, in general, I like the idea that you <laughs> you're just you order a dessert and then it just comes pegging it out of the kitchen. Oh yeah, and goes, <laughs> just goes running off out the door. That's I immediately fantastic. regret
0: it. I really regret putting it on the on the menu as an option. There's an episode of a, a, of Adventure Time. <laughs> There's an episode of Adventure Time where um, Jake makes. Uh, oh no, it's BMO. BMO makes sandwiches for jake the dog using sentient ingredients oh
1: god yeah and
0: it's said to taste it's like because they're sentient like the sandwich tastes like a lot better
1: yeah I can, exactly you can taste the emotion in it oh god you can feel like the BMO, love
0: bemo squeezes the tomato for sentient ketchup
1: Oh gosh! <laughs> again the lines the lines are so are so wonky here um yeah it's interesting brilliant mango flavored
0: snow yeah i'd <laughs> okay, like to go back snow. to kaladesh and see where they get the snow from that's pretty cool yeah
1: i guess the ether might make i guess they can make fridges right because what we use mm. we use cfc's for it right i can imagine them fusing ether into a way that uh, whatever we, we, we're already talking about food in a multiverse of conversation let's not try and confuse ether and electricity and stuff like sure. that let's, let's let's get drunk let's move on to the, <laughs> the
0: uh, well the uh, let's just go through the references so the jam tart oh, is, yes, yes, is, yes. is, is the only food token that I referenced. So obviously each food token, because they did about four of them, up uh, by Donato uh, Giancola. Um, there are lots of food tokens in the Eldrain set, and they all feature quite a few different foods. But most of them seemed to me to be quite ubiquitous. So you had like the fruit one, and you had like a pig's head, and blah, 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 blah. Whereas I don't know of any other planes that seemed to have uh, baked goods. And there's a there's a token which has like croissants. And uh, I, I assumed these were jam tarts. They look a bit too... Puff pastry to be jam tarts, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong, but I took them to be jam tarts. Um, and add a few other things as well, like cinnamon swirls and whatever. So, yeah, jam tarts from that Eldraine uh, token. Uh, the mango-flavoured snow uh, is referenced in the Kaladesh story uh, Renewal, uh, written... It seems the the credit goes to all of the Magic writers, and it's just collectively known as the Magic Creative Team in 2017. I don't quite know why they've, they haven't referenced one person. Um, if they have, I'm sorry. Uh, Gingerbread is obviously, well, the Gingerbread Man is from the card Gingerbread, as we've said, uh, art by Vincent Proust. But obviously, that card we've used as an example of up and down. That's like one of the most flavorful cards ever. So yeah. you could take it as the whole card. Um, and the Fresh Fruit is referencing specifically, it's referencing the original Chris Ron art for Tasca, the Golden Fang. Because mm. um, that's the thing that everyone latched onto with Tasca, other than him being a kind of a, a douche uh, <laughs> little lovely little sexy masochistic boy. Um, he yeah he has a zombie with a fruit bowl on his head. And also there's a said, McKinnon artwork that also has a similar thing. Like it's just something the salt do do
1: doesn't Leah L- Liliana in um kind of not kind of the, yes um, that is another in, reference in as well. Amoncate. So I, yeah exactly. I could have done that yeah.
0: as well. You are right. So it's Liliana Death's Majesty. Majesty
1: exactly yeah yeah.
0: Right. Also has her with a another zombie with a with a yeah whatever they call their zombies on <laughs> I can't quite remember. Um,
1: yeah, also interesting looking at like, all the different fu- c- cards that reference food. I know that Oko got a bad rap, but in my mind, now in my canon, because he- his plus is create a food token, he's just going around the multiverse, just giving people snacks. just little, a little chef. Little, little top-me-ups. Yeah, exactly. And the fact he turns other things into elks. Like, I don't know. He, 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 take away the fact it's Oko, and I'm just looking at like Samwise. I'm just looking at a Samwise um, kind of port of being like, just, just little tasty snacks for everyone. Just bring out some treats, some Jaffa cakes, handing them around, you know. Cute guy. What a ledge. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, see context for food is really interesting again a a real world aspects placed into magic kind of contextualize the flavor of it and kind of make the
0: world building a bit more interesting so yeah very cool um all right let's move on to wines beers and spirits um technically no beers actually on this list again i said earlier on i tried to find ale it's very hard to find ale so we have uh blood wine which is dark red and good if you have work tomorrow from Ikoria. We have Dross, which is whipped dragon egg cream infused with herbs and sap resin from the Plain of Kaldheim. We have Mjord, which is M-J-O-D, uh, which is a golden mead redolent of wildflower fields, also from the plain of Kaldheim. And we have Bumbat, a highly alcoholic moonshine from the plain of Ravnica, and Nabiz, a spiced wine with cinnamon that can also be served hot, which is known as desert-style from the plain of Dominaria. Um, yeah, what's speaking to you?
1: Oh, man. This, well, this is funny because this clearly speaks to my um, my personality and my habits. They all sound fucking delicious. <laughs> um, I want all of them. Um, I would like to try all of them. I think it's funny that one of them is called dross when dross in other forms is not a nice thing. No. Um, it's interesting how language could be used, obviously, with different um, uh, different backgrounds to mean different things in different contexts, which is quite nice. Um, I really like mead anyway, but I mean, the funny thing is, so my favorite drink, um, I think, are, if I had to, guns on the head, um, is uh, whiskey sour. Um, mm. so the dross kind of rings to me there because the idea of whipped dragon egg, like again, uh, just dragon egg's got to be super tasty, right? It's like a cocktail, isn't it? Like, right. It's, and that's, and for cow time, considering that cow time hasn't shown much advancement in other things, the fact that they know how to whip up a dragon egg is very impressive to me. Um... <laughs> Because again, certain planes don't have the opportunity for what I like to call like um, excess, and usually food only develops into into um, a very menu and diet when you have the ability to indulge in it, right? And you have the excess; it's not just necessity. So it's weird that Hauerheim of all places happen to have two different well seasoned and garnished drinks the fact that this golden mead with uh re- the word redolent you- you're such you're so pompous i love you no um, that's
0: uh, so uh, that's in the story that is, is... it oh that's yeah, such, yeah. yeah, such
1: a great word redolent with wildflower fields. that's so uh-huh. nice like i again a good mead is so tasty um I'd probably avoid Bumbat, knowing it's likely to be like the European kind of styles of, of moonshine. When you when they, I've tasted some spirits that I never want to see again in my life because they've kicked me for six. Um, and as much as Nabi's sounds really nice as a hot dessert wine, I guess if that was the choice and I could have it dessert style or or desert style, sorry, desert oh, style, not right. dessert style. Okay, Spiced wine. See, that sounds like mold wine to me. But I guess I guess it does. It, it does yeah. sound like mold wine. Man, this is hard. Dross. I guess is blood wine. Specifically mixed with blood from any of the monsters? Do, do we know? Or is it just known as blood wine because of its colour? We
0: don't anything? know. We know, so I'll go through the references. Whilst, whilst you think it over, I'll go through the references. Uh, blood wine is from the uh, uh, Coria story, The Sound of Bond by Django Wexner in 2020. Um, it's uh, where Lucas brings uh, Jarina Kudrow a bottle of blood wine as a kind of peace offering because well, they have a fight at the start of the story. Um, and it's said if it's good quality to not produce hangovers. So that's why I said it's good if you have work in the morning. And it just yeah. describes it as being dark red. And I kind of get the feeling it's a little bit contrabandy. Yes, so, I did get that feeling
1: of... He it, it had to kind of like, ooh, like sneaky sneakier. Yeah, yeah.
0: so it could be full of nightmare blood. But who knows? It's a red wine. Um, I quite like... I'm a big fan of red wine. Yeah. Probably a bit too much. Um, <laughs> Dross and Miod are from the story Aim Through the Target by Setsu Izumi uh, from 2021, which is the Kaldheim stories, uh, side story. This is uh, where... Nico Aris is in the Hall of the Valkyries and they've, everyone's got those flagons that are just like endless mm. drink of your choice. Um, so the dross, which is funny as you say, oh, in any other language, dross is a negative word. I think it is in Kaldheim as well, because when the Viking says he has dross, everyone else goes, oh, what the heck is that? And he describes what it is, the whipped dragon cream egg. Uh, cream egg uh, uh, fused with herbs and resin, um, and everyone looks at him like he's a nut job. It's also not <laughs> explicitly said in the story whether it's alcoholic because it doesn't say that it's got any alcohol in it. But I can imagine that, we- and I didn't. I didn't want to. I added in firstly when I put this in the menu, I added fermented, the word fermented, but it really didn't say that, so I, I took that out. Mm. But I can imagine that a dragon egg can fuck you up. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that's in my head canon Dragon eggs are like pure ethanol <laughs> so yeah
1: you've also got to assume uh, that any place that has wheat because that's obviously gonna be the tradition basis for bread and then ale will then also be able to refine it into whiskey right so you've got to presume i mean there's a presumption that those planes are likely to have that progression
0: yeah um, sure uh Mjord is let i say it's a gold mead redolent of wildflowers um or wildflower fields that's exactly how it's described in the story but it's uh, the viking who's drinking it she says that it was a gift from her wife's family at their wedding. So I didn't want to say that it was specifically celebratory, but this is a mead that she had at her wedding when she was getting married to her wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Bumbat is referenced quite a few times in different Ravnica stories I think, uh, but the one that I picked out was the Marytown Massacre by Jay Moldenhouse Salazar from 2006. Um, there was also one that Kelly Diggs, I said that Kelly Diggs uh, had quite a lot to um, offer in references to food and drink. It's they Kelly said that he thought it was a beer he said like he kind of remembered it as being a beer because he didn't give me the specific reference um but when i looked it up several times and i think it's in things like the guild master's guide to ravnica i think i saw there was reference in there although i haven't read it so i can't confirm
1: oh yeah there's bound to be some stuff in there about yeah um
0: that it was more of a moonshiny thing it was more like a like a liquor than a than a beer um which is a shame and then nabiz is from the brothers war uh book by jeff grubb in 1998 so we're going for a deep cut there nice um and several characters drink the biz throughout the book uh, and one of the characters has it desert style which is served hot oh pardon me um so yeah so yeah what what are you thinking then so you little alcoholic
1: yeah right well this is the thing like if the dross is like somewhere between like a purdy's and like a whiskey sour then that would be my go-to in terms of if i only could have one but i like a session so i'm gonna have to go with blood wine
0: yeah. But you know I also what I think? I think it would
1: go well with the other things I've I've chosen.
0: Ah, that. <laughs> funny. That's cool. I think I'd have to agree with both those points for exactly the same reason. Yeah. I really want to try Dross. I, I'm not even a fan of cocktails that use egg or like whipped ones. Like I'm not a bit or like milk and cream in general that I don't mm. like it, but I have to know
1: right again if you put the word dragon egg on a menu i'm like well yes try that because it's similar when you said about the um crocodile like i've tried things like ostrich you know and shark yeah things like that specifically because i wanted to try something obscure so ostrich yeah. is good
0: yeah. um so i think i'd have to go for blood wine as well i mean who doesn't want to drink wine with no consequences red right? wine is the best yeah, the only the bad best. thing
1: about it is the next day when you can't get the smell out of the back of your nose because you've done too many bottles of it. It's when you,
0: <laughs> it's when you go for your your morning movement and you you think you might die from the look of what's been left.
1: <laughs> yeah, your brain's still in bed, and you have to you have to pick it up and put it back in again because it's so heavy.
0: Oh yeah, your your toilet bowl needs a a bleach him. Um, anyway, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Moving on. Before. Um, yeah, but just before. Um, we are going to go on to our hot and soft drinks menu. Um, I'm not a big hot drink person with meals, even after them, but I think i had to put this in also there's not a lot of reference this is where we start to get into things with the with with the drinks where they're either super specific or really vague so there's just there were no references to any soft drinks really that i could find like water i can't put fucking water on this fancy menu so it is mostly hot drinks and then there's one soft drink
1: you've also got Um, to assume that any plane that has fruit is likely to have fruit juice
0: quite yeah so they don't tend to reference it but there we go um so we have coffee uh, finely ground beans left in the cup to brew uh, from the plain of Ravnica. We have cappi, which is a foamy coffee found on the plain of Kaladesh. We have a Tisan of Rose Hips, which is a fruit tea uh, from the fruit uh, the Rose Hip, or the it's the pseudo-fruit, as I've seen it described. Um, and it's a tart aftertaste with a fruity tea from the plain of Eldraine. And we have Sweet Lassie, a yogurt-based drink served cold from the plain of Kaladesh. I'm definitely sure i'm not pronouncing these kaladesh names correctly i do apologize um so sweet lassie is the only soft drink so i suppose if you wanted that as well as a hot drink you could go for it but uh yeah what's your hot drinks of choice
1: um i weird enough i'm not really a big fan of coffee um saying that i did try i had a an italian colleague make me an espresso um before or the the you know lockdown nonsense happened and it might be one of the best things i've tried ever so maybe i do like coffee i just haven't had good coffee saying that um again i'm not a big fan of hot drinks um at the end of meals anyway so i don't think i want something that's heavy i think i'd probably go with uh the rose hip the Tisana of rose hip i like tart aftertastes anyway and i feel like it'd be quite a decent palate cleanser mm. um, again i don't if i'm drinking blood wine don't really want to go to a yogurt based drink no or, like that would not end well <laughs> um so yeah again if we're talking like in terms of through the whole menu, I think, yeah, the, the tisane of rose hip sounds like the one I'd most likely go for.
0: Interesting. So, I mean, all of these are, are kind of... I had to kind of bob and weave with these ones. So, as I said at the very top of the episode, I tried not to extrapolate too much of my own, like, wants and whims or, like, what I kind of assumed was on different planes because that kind of defeat the purpose of what I was trying to do. Um, and that's also another episode in itself. Like, that's more akin to, like, our hypotheticals episodes where we talk about, oh, what would they have on this plane? So, the coffee, the Ravnican coffee is the one on this menu that I kind of thought, mm, I'm going to put my little spin on this. Because the writers who write Ravnican stories from fucking 98 to 2021 are obsessed with fucking coffee on Ravnica. It is referenced in so many stories that I really didn't want to not include it because it just seemed too important not to include. But they didn't really ever describe it, at least not in places that I could find. So with that one, I knew that Ravnica is Eastern European, specifically referenced a lot of Prague in the design of Ravnica, and in Prague and the uh, rest of uh, the Czech Republic, they use Turkish style coffee. Is like they're kind of like traditional coffee. It, funnily enough, that part of the world is actually very big on international coffees, which is a whole different conversation. Um, but I knew that the kind of the baseline was Turkish style coffee, which is you put the beans in the cup. The cup is then filled with water and the, the beans, the finely ground beans are left in the cup. It's not instant coffee. They're there to kind of congeal at the bottom. Right. So that's how I, I kind of worked that one around. Um,
1: yeah, it's one of the most prevalent like real world references. I think it's one of the ones that made me notice it yeah. like the most when I saw it. So I'm like, oh okay. Cause I guess then then you it calls up the question again, whenever they mention anything that has a specificity, it opens up the door to questioning the specificity of it. Um yeah. of climate wise, obviously where is all of this being grown? Because I mean, you you understand that you've got to understand a certain like species of plant grow better in sunlight so it wouldn't necessarily be looked after by the Golgari because that's usually underground like and again this is where it's interesting to think that okay so they do obviously have areas of like say maybe the rubber belt or whatever that are like meant for agriculture because Ravica specifically being a city a a plain wide city kind of causing the question of well where do you get your food from then (laughs) Mm. (laughs) you know so it is it is interesting that they drop it in so much I think it's because coffee is so it's such a simple thing in terms it doesn't go through a lot of processes between growing and consuming it's so ubiquitous across the entire world and obviously everyone loves coffee and um, so sure, i think, think it's also
0: it's quite an urban city drink as well like that's yes, the kind yeah. of that's the kind of uh, stereotype and i think ravnica as much as it's based on a lot of eastern european cities or whatever it also has that kind of like new york feel right it has that kind of capital city vibe which mm. you know everyone drinks coffee um i'm a big coffee drinker so i'd probably go for the i'd probably go for the cappy actually which is the indian style foamy coffee so the um References here are the Tasan of Rose Hips is referenced in the World of Quest by Kate Elliot again, two thousand nineteen. Uh again in uh, I think it's uh Linden Queen uh, Rowan brings Queen Linden uh Tasane of Rose Hips. Um rose hips are like vaguely poisonous as well, I think I read, so you have to prepare them in a certain way. Yeah. They're literally the, the rose fruits from the rose flower, which is why they're like a pseudo fruit, because they're not like a it's not like a tree producing it. Um, they're more like, a, like they're kind of, yeah, they're a pseudo fruit. I don't know how to describe it. And a tasane, Tasani, I don't know how to quite pronounce that word. When I looked it up, it's like that's how, that's like another way that you would reference serving a fruit tea, like a pot of coffee or something. Oh, okay, right. I see. Um, the coffee, as I've said, the, the reference I took specifically for the coffee is from the story Catching Up by Kelly Diggs. Um, Jace is being shown to be obsessed with coffee. There's lots of references across all different magic stories. Yeah, it's about shocking
1: Jace. that he needs to stay. Key did yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, quite.
0: Um, but then Argus Koss is shown to be drinking coffee as well a lot through the older, like, dissension stories and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's a big part of Rampinger, as I say. Mm. Um, Cappy is being drunk by G- uh, by Gideon, sorry, um, in the story Quiet Moments by uh, Michael Yishow, um, from 2016, who Michael also jumped into our Twitter threads to help us out quite a bit as well, so thank you very much to them. Um, and he's described as being uh, like a foamy coffee and it's Gideon is actually drinking it and his thought process is that every plane has their version of coffee so coffee seems to be something that's quite ubiquitous across the multiverse Mm. Um, because he's literally thinking every plane he goes to has a dark brown liquid that perks you up so yeah
1: i guess it's the same here right it's either coffee or tea both of which kind of serve the same you know caffeinated function of keeping mm-hmm. the world actually running
0: <laughs> and uh sweet lassie uh, is an indian style yogurt based drink it's very simple it's like it's literally basically yogurt and water but you can add things and there's also lots of um oh it's referenced in the story renewal again by the magic creative team on the plane mm-hmm. of Katalish. um Lassie is a drink that's kind of odd because I could have put several different versions because like a lot of Indian food, it very much depends on the who's preparing it, what part of the country you're preparing it in and all this kind of thing. Like Regional style is, is a big part of a lot of their food. Um, and sweet Lassie is the one where it's basically like a milkshake. But You can also get ones that are more like savoury and there is also uh, a style of Lassie specifically that's brewed with cannabis. Mm. So pretty interested to see what that's like
1: yeah and no, i'd be interested to see what that's like i've tried both <laughs> i i've tried a savory one thinking it was a sweet one and all oh, buddy <laughs>
0: oh really <laughs> you've had really. some i've never had it yeah
1: yeah it's i quite like it. i mean i really like um I like pseudo sweet things from other countries. I don't particularly like pastries from other countries, um, because they tend to have, a, like, Western uh, sugar is usually very, very sweet. Mm. Um, so it's it's a weird switch up for my taste buds. As I said earlier, my sweet tooth is extreme. I either like extreme sweet taste, or I don't really like sweet things at all. Um, but yeah, Lassie's like I, again, I'm a massive, massive dairy fan. Um, another reason why being vegan would be impossible for me. Um, but. Yeah, yeah, but Lass, Lassie's really tasty. Again, I wouldn't want it at the end of a meal because it's quite heavy. Again, if I'm drinking red wine, I've had the situation before where cream and wine don't mix and I don't, don't really <laughs> want to repeat it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a few things I wanted to kind of like pick, point out, like just yep. uh, in my musings of doing a little bit of research. One of which was, um, I, found, I came across Utopia Tree, which is a really interesting flavor text. Um, and it talks about how the fruit of its fa- of the fable tree takes on the flavor of whatever food you love most which is really interesting to think that, because obviously you've created a, a sensible menu, right? Mm. With like, with parameters that we can understand reasonably without going having to jump to conclusions or, mm. or make presumptions about colours that we didn't know existed or flavours that we don't know exist yet. Um, but Utopia Tree is almost like that kind of magic quality to it of, Taking an idea of food and going, well, it can taste to whatever you want it to be. Maybe because it sparks something in your brain, and, and and it's that like relief of um having the first sip of water after a hard day's work. That water tastes better than any other water you could possibly try. Mm. um Things like mushrooms are a big thing for me because I think mushrooms are a great um like food stuff in general. But we talk if you think about things like salads, uh, magic. Yes, like...
0: so salads were was something that a lot of people brought up. Were the the, the little salad sort of story arc, which of their sort of existence. Mm.
1: And do you have some? Is it like then If you have this little Thalid guy on the side who keeps growing mushrooms, is it okay just to pick them and and, and a Well, nom the, nom? the
0: the Thalids were originally cultivated by the elves of Dominaria as a foodstuff. Then they mm. became sentient, and now they farm saprolings and eat saprolings. So it's just got, it's a whole food chain thing. Yeah, and then um, sort of, people sorry. were also sorry to continue yeah, your point. People were also talking about things like the Cosmic Elixir from Cosmos Elixir <laughs> oh, from Caltime. Right, because yeah. it's tree sap food uh thousand year elixir the wine of blood and iron which godo drinks on a card like there's all these things which people mm. were kind of referencing and i was like i could put those in if i wanted to do like a purely fantastical menu yeah. there's actually quite very a lot specific, of stuff. isn't it oh yes oh yes yeah
1: i guess like cosmos elixirs can be very difficult to get hold of but i imagine would taste similar to like honey or maple syrup or something like that which mm. i guess in a grand scheme of things would be one of the best things that you could taste in the multiverse because again synthetic foods don't exist um i also looked at like say um off the back of um and things I was like truffle snout which obviously the truffle snout is a boar that goes and searches out truffles but in my mind i'm imagining a pig that's also got the flavor of mushrooms and you could probably <laughs> do some really like if you're going to be macabre um and let's talk let's talk about it from like an unstable point of view um of where you're trying to like breed um different animals together to create the best like type of food like a turducken like you don't actually have a turkey a duck inside a turkey no no you, you bred a turducken so like it has the flavor of a duck but the size of a turkey so, like things like that are Kind of interesting and again that strays more into hypotheticals um, mm. of match but i also saw um in timeout from unstable um there's a little goblin stuck in a, in a cookie jar after trying to raid the cookie yes. jar. So obviously things like unstable are difficult because Babelovia is a plane that's a little bit more self-aware um, from like a, from a, from a meta point of view, obviously it understands what it's doing. So I think they can get away with having super advanced technology and stuff that's even like modern day or sl- slightly futuristic. So I think that's a bit of a cheat. Um, the only other one I saw were things like obviously Disruptor core where you can see very feasts and stuff, but um, you've got to assume beyond the particulars that you've found that the most average food is just going to be meat, cheese.
0: Well, right? yeah, Yeah, like there was a story, I really wanted to find a Fioran one, and there are cards from Fiora, which do show things like tomatoes and whatever, so you can assume it's like Italian food, but there was the one story where I was like, I know a character eats in that story, is the Queen Marchesa story from Conspiracy, Um, I can't even remember what the name of it is, it's in a law shop video, I reference it, but she's sitting down having a meal, and I was like, what meal is she eating, is it going to be pasta, is it going to be whatever, and she's eating lamb. And that's all that's described about it. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake!
1: <laughs> yeah, lamb as well. Like sheep don't necessarily exist on every plane, right? Again, you don't want to just list random meat. Um, and again, it's weird that we don't see that much of um, much confirmation of certain like species eating other species. Like when you said about the Viashino curry, it's a Viashino style curry. But is there also Viashino curry out there? Oh, undoubtedly, there some, probably. You know what yeah. I mean? Like obviously, certain races will eat other races. Um, well, more, more recently.
0: Uh, there's a it's an uncard called Saute, but it is also referenced in in a Border yes. card. There's a similar reference where Beebles, the Beebles little indeed. the, the little little popping sounds as you pop yeah. them in your mouth, uh, uh, and uh, also
1: popcorn the, chicken is what I imagine when I see. Yeah, <laughs> the the
0: flavor text on that is attributed. There's a quote from I'm going to say this character's don't, don't name. Try, good luck. I'm going to try. Um, so the character's name is Asmoran Moradik ad Asitina Kalutica. Nailed it. Nailed it asmo <laughs> if you yes. type in law um semicolon asmo into scryfall it just brings up anyway there are three cards with this character who's a who's a chef and food critic uh called granite gargoyle lightning axe and saute and it's describing how to prepare different things across the multiverse and so that was kind of a good one there's a the lightning axe um Flavor Text reads: A gargoyle's meat can be carved with an ordinary cleaver, but it is uh, a protruse hide. For but for its protruse hide, so you can't cut its bum, but you can do everything else. Yeah. Um, the Underworld Cookbook is his book that he's writing from. So I could have included that, but some like it just didn't seem quite. Yes,
1: uh, as as, as the enough. one the th- main thing that flagged in my head when you said that and I looked up and weirdly enough I know that it's a big meme and people wanted it to be on a card I don't think that I think they deliberately made the name long enough that you can't fit it reasonably on a card anyway no. um and the fact it's only got these three cards across varying degree I guess lightning axe originally was printed earlier um but the fact yeah on granite gargoyle you've got this and immediately the underworld cookbook um it's the only real reference we have for an actual cookbook in magic and it's very light um, and as you say like again if there were sauteed bibles available my brain wants to go, yeah, it's delicious. What's the difference between that and chicken? But then seeing all of their individual little faces, does yeah. that then make me go, well, maybe not. And we know that Beebles are sentient enough to be a planeswalker. So uh questionable, questionable, <laughs> you know? um but the fact like don't put the flavor also actually saying that this is a, another thing I love um fat ass is a card uh, and it specifically says um do not eat the delicious cards and you get like it gets a plus two plus two or whatever if you're eating um when when the card's in play which I think is genius so I do like that unhinged un, unhinged and unglued like they played around with this eating um aesthetic but obviously they moved away from it a little bit because eating beetles is bad you shouldn't eat beetles
0: <laughs> for sure <laughs> Right, well, that's it, Nathan. So that is my first crack at the restaurant at the end of the multiverse, multiverse menu. Um, yeah, I was, pr- I was pretty happy with it. It was really interesting referencing these and, and trying to search through all these cards because there's a hundred references. I haven't even scratched the surface, really, mm. about all the thousands of references to food and whatever else. And I'm sure there's whole menus that we could do if we all we did was extrapolate for what kind of foods are from where and just looking at card art and kind of deciding, well, that fruits are this or that meats are that. Um but yeah, and it's I, what I've noticed as well is that the reference to food and drink, there are certainly certain writers that rely on it more, but it seems to be also, the more I think the world building becomes important, the more writers are starting to focus on it as a way of storytelling and fleshing things out. Yeah. So it's becoming more popular. I I dare say in about five or six years, you could do another multiverse menu and it would be just absolutely full with highly detailed meals mm. and, and food and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I guess you've got like, again, food is now in a literal um type subtype within the game so again I don't think they're just going to limit that to um Ikoria I imagine we'll see it in another plane at another time when they can kind of fit it in and it feels appropriate it's obviously why Eldrain had such a wide varied selection and also I guess the point is that it needs to be um like interesting enough from a magic point of view for you to to for it to be believably within the set, but also um, have a reference that you can kind of again, it's it's like trying to come up with a color that doesn't that you haven't seen yet. Like it's very difficult to create a food or a flavor or something without beyond just going, yeah, it's uh, it's a, a, a rock or uh, not sorry, rock as in like R O C the bird. I don't know why that was the one I went for, but um, <laughs> you know, as in like um, the cattle or something like again, specifically eating certain races and certain things like salads or whatever. Um, it's gonna be difficult to create something that feels fantastic. Cool, but also relevant again maybe um i'm gonna have to have a look at the um Guildmaster's guide or whatever because that's probably like to have a lot of real world references but then rafnick is a cheat because it's basically modern world mm. so that's why i think it was interesting to see things like uh, cow time like the few things they can do to spice up their food and their, and their cuisine that's what was really interesting the idea of a whipped dragon egg for example i think it's really, yeah. really 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 cool
0: love yeah. it cool all right guys well let us know what you would have picked from the multiverse menu and do hit us up on twitter at mtflaving with your picks again i'm going to try and uh, show the menu uh png file as a shareable file uh, with a link but if not it will be uh, pinned to the top of our twitter page um yeah a couple of very small little uh, details i found out about planeswalkers is that liliana doesn't know what a mango is uh so obviously not all fruits are on all planes because she doesn't know what a mango is when chandra tells her what a mango is Uh, and jace doesn't like broccoli apparently um, God, he's such a fucking... Oh, fucking he's a chance. dweebus, isn't he? He's he an is such a dweebus. dweebus. I only drink coffee
1: and Mountain Dew and eat pizza... I don't know why I'm making him out to be this little teenage upstart. Because I mean, yeah. that's what he is. He, <laughs> he is. Bloody broccoli. He is around Eat Eat your vegetables. It'll be good for your brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Um, cool. I think I think we've said enough. I don't know if there's any final words to be said. Um, if you want to send us emails, guys, emails go to uh, mtflavoring at gmail.com. If you have any more references that you would have liked to have seen or you think, oh, actually, this is the kind of thing that I would have searched for. or Oh, did you ever see this? Do let us know because this is the kind of thing that we'd love to do again. Um, we will be Montani
1: getting page rage against vegans yeah my children <laughs> yeah
0: exactly um we will be talking about a lot of the developments that have happened in magic in future episodes um i think we just wanted a bit of a break um yeah. i don't know if we'll go too deep into some of the subjects that just have already had way too much discourse yeah there's um, a lot
1: of both directions there's a lot i mean I, most of it's aired out to the point of being like okay cool everyone's chilled out now like, usually usually falls back down to Every, like let, let, let live what's the word let live, live and let live live and let live exactly it usually kind of boils down to that even though there is obviously some justifiable I guess annoyance on some regard but again yeah we'll, we'll probably touch on that in the future
0: indeed uh, other than that then I guess uh, we'll wrap up what's your personal Twitter Nathan um, at the fox in the moon at the fox in the moon my one is at Andy Manface Andy Man- oh god Good. nailed it <laughs> at Andy Manface
1: <laughs> love it <laughs>
0: All that remains for me to say is thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for dining with us at the restaurant at the end of the multiverse this evening. We hope you enjoy your planeswalk home. This has been Magic the Flavoring. We'll see you soon.